Welcome to the Vigor Life Podcast, a source of inspiration, lessons, stories, skill sets, mindsets, and strategies to invigorate and expand all areas of your life. Let's go. Hey, what's going on? Coach Luca back here with the Vigor Life Podcast, and I'm excited to talk about none other than one of my favorite things in the world, which is coaching. And if you notice, like a lot of these last episodes have been around, um, well, a lot of stuff like nutrition coaching, program design. Uh, we did a, well, actually two on program design, and I, I got a lot more coming there. Had a lot of great feedback there. Um, and also the kind of, I would say around training and very, very much so deeply into joint friendly training with the with Jay Ferruja and Breck Contreras, which I loved. And like I said, I'm, I'm continue to get feedback. As you notice, like too, you know, the Vigor Life podcast is me getting stuff out of my head many a times. But with the, you know, I, I guess with the, um, with the thought process of delivering value and 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 really talking about the things that we actually do, um, and that we, I, I guess that we practice and preach within Vigor Ground, or if it's within my own personal life or training or business coaching, whatever, whichever one of those that is. And so my goal is always that when you listen to any of the episodes, you take something from it that's applicable in real life, right? That's, that's always the goal. That's how I always approached everything that I do is, is um, you know, taking something and putting it to work as soon as possible. Because I was just out in, uh, actually, when I was in San Diego for Crane Valentine's event, um, also speaking on a panel for gym owners um, at his perfect life retreat. And while I was there, Spending some time with good friends, um, going out to Breck and Trails gym, training there. But I'm all like, for instance, like I, as soon as I got done um, with uh, me and Jay, were out there, we're doing vlogs and podcasts and, and training and talking shop. And as soon as I got done, and we we drove from San Diego back to LA because uh, I stayed, I had a couple meetings in LA. And as soon as I got done, I was in my car after some conversations that we had and started ordering equipment and not like, and first of all, not like necessarily even an impulse buy, um, maybe somewhat, but it was, it was, it was like, a, you know, I was thinking about like, how can we make stuff better? And based on the conversation, I was like, man, like I got this idea of how we can do, we can change some stuff up both in, you know, our group training or small group personal training, um, as well as, adding some components that we don't have right now for more joint friendly training. And I went to work and, and, and I just made it happen because I was thinking about, I'm, I'm always thinking about how do we make things better for, you know, our, our gym, our culture, culture, our clients, our team and, and bada boom, bada bing. And I put it this way, you know, I know usually when, if it's an impulse buy like a couple hours later, I'll be like, you know, ah, oh, fuck, why did I do that? Uh, but it wasn't the case. So, but my, my point here, my point here guys is this, that like, who, like whoever you are when you're listening to this, it, you know, um, if you're a coach that you go like, man, like, OK, that's a big aha uh-huh, light bulb moment. Let me like, like I, I want to put this to, to work. And I promise you this, the people that move forward faster are the people that take action faster. Now, that doesn't mean think don't think it through. You know, I've talked about thinking time and like every week or even every day mapping out some time to think through stuff and write things out. I do that a lot. That's why I have a lot of these grungy, ripped up journals from, you know, a decade plus ago with just notes and notes and notes in it. But it's um, so, you know, I have an idea. I'm like, I'm going to put this to play and then I think it through. But then I take action on it pretty damn fast. And 
Because the thing is, it might not work out the way you wanted it to, but you get feedback and you're able to move forward. So I, enc- I highly encourage you that when you're listening to this, that you're going to, um, like when you get something, write it down. Hey, stop the podcast. Write it down. Write how that's going to look like when you're going to take action. Right. And don't let it just be a cool, cool idea, cool thought, you know, something new that you learn that you actually don't use. So that I'm going to start with that because it's very, very important. I say that's one of the things that um, I'm proud to say that, you know, I, I do a lot of even though I feel like I'm never, <laughs> I'm learning so much. It's, it's like you can't apply everything. And that's the whole point. You, you extract the thing that's most important and you do that. So today I wanted to go uh, and I know I've touched on some of these points in the past. I mean, we're coming up to our 100th podcast, which um, I will get in before the end of the year. <laughs> I, I was like, I got to get 100 before the end of the, before the year is over. And I will. And they're all going to be great. So don't don't trip. Uh, I'm not going to rush them just to rush them. But I wanted to talk about, you know, coaching in, in, a, in an aspect of, you know, one of the things that like, you know, I'm interrupting myself, I promise you, to make a point. Like if you have if you're involved with coaching a client and I don't care, you know, what actually industry it is, but you know, obviously, certainly I'm going to make it more specific to health and wellness and fitness. But there, you know, I think there's so many misconceptions because I still hear like one of the things, um, you know, we do our 90 day business coaching program and I do uh, business mentorships. And I hear this all the time, like, man, the clients are not like they're just, you know, we give them all this stuff and they're not doing it, you know, like and we're super, you know, we keeping them accountable like that word comes up a lot. And accountability is very, very important. Right. But before there's accountability, there has to be clarity. Clarity from the coach about, you know, expectations, but also clarity from the client, you know. And and so this is what I'm going to talk about, like this whole idea of threat. And I've talked about threat before, but I I think it's really important for you because the thing is, if you're a parent, if you are a business owner, if you are a, um, you know, part of any type of organization where you are. Your goal is to move people along from, you know, n- not doing something to doing something um, and something that's going to be good for them, that's going to be meaningful to them, that's going to get them results. Then this is important. Right. And remember, like what, you know, truly great coaching is about responding to threat. Now, hear me out when I say when I what I mean by this. OK. The body's always seeking homeostasis. Right. It doesn't like change. We understand that. We talk about that. And the fat loss category, like, right, you you start losing a lot of fat. That is going out of homeostasis, and we don't like that. So there's all these adaptations, right? All change, so so to go back, this body is seeking homeostasis. All change threatens homeostasis. All changes, therefore, threat. Okay, now this is important because the CNS, our reptilian brain, and the limbic system work together to create and recognize, or, or should I say, uh, to create threat responses regardless of what the threat is. And I, and I think in coaching, we don't, you know, as an industry or just in general, realize that, you know, you might think that threat is just one thing, but hey, you know what? There's verbal threat. Like if I'm verbally attacking you, um, guess what? Threat, you're going to respond to that, right? And, but, you know, threat is always responded in the same way. So threat can be coming from food into the system. It can come from, you know, too much stress. It can come from, uh, you know, verbal abuse. It can come from, an, you know, actual physical stress. It can come from things like, you know, f- an exhaustion, which same thing, like there's, there's, that, there's that threat coming into the system. But it responds in the same way. 
It's fight, flight, or freeze. Period. Right? Fight, flight, or freeze. Which, and, you know, and let's just look at, like, in a, from a client standpoint, when, you know, you're trying to give them too much to do too fast, which is a lot of scenarios in coaching, right? What happens? Well, like, fight, flight, or freeze, right? Or, but let's say it was fight, because, like, now they're, if, if you ever have a flight, it's like, man, they're always fighting me on me having them like do stuff they're always fighting me that should be that should be a pretty big kind of like red flag as far as as far as like that there's too much threat in the coaching right and figuring out where it's coming from so you know the way i look at it is like our clients are winners but here's why like our clients are winners because in in a coach in this case if i'm coaching it's me is the person that helps the clients win Right. So that's my goal is to help them win. What is their win? Well, I got to figure that out. Right. That's why you got to dig deep and figure it out. But there's three. Remember, there's three causes of threat when it comes to change. Right. There is cause number one is like too fast. Right. And when change occurs too quickly, it creates great uncertainty, overstimulation, rapid filling of the stress bucket. Overspill. So real quick, let's let's touch on what the stress bucket is, right? I think I mentioned this before. Imagine that you have a bath or a bucket or whatever, and there's there's different taps of water spilling into the bucket. And that bucket, you know, the different taps of water could be physical stress, meaning you're training. It could be nutrition, right? Because look, if you're eating too many calories, um, I would say a lot of maybe a highly processed food, but ones that like don't necessarily sit with you well and cause a lot of inflammation and you've already got inflammation issues, right? That's stress, you know, stress. Like you have a highly stressful job. You're not sleeping enough. That's another tap of water in the bucket, right? Your relationships, like the people you're surrounding yourself with stress. See where I'm going with this? So there's multiple taps in the water, uh, sorry, tap, uh, taps going into this bucket, into this tub. And how do they go out? Well, there's a hole, like that's, that's how you release your stress. Now, you know, the, it could be everything from recovery training, getting enough sleep, quality nutrition, um, relationships that are uplifting and make you smile and laugh and, you know, reading and hiking in nature and uh, decompression tanks and, uh, you know, cryo chambers. And You see what I mean? Like, so those would be all like uh, working on not giving in to, or should I say working on pre-framing and reframing your thoughts, right? So you're not just all, all in your head all the time, stressed out all the time. Like all those things are things that kind of help prevent that bucket from overfilling and spilling. So to go back, like I, I wanted to share that because if you've never heard me say that, it's really, really important. Um, and, you know, one of the things that we kind of look to with clients is, you know, which 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 is one of those taps that we can either shut down or like bring the pouring of the water into the bucket down because you're not going to be able to do all of them at the same time like you start you're kind of like a detective and you figure out which ones because the less of that stress they have in that bucket you know the better their adaptation to stress is going to be so for instance if you want results in training right if you want a result in training guess what you know like maybe more training most of the time more training is not the solution at least not for a lot of people that we see that are highly stressed. You know, if they're training four or five days a week, um, you know, even three days a week, right? Like, but they, they, their stress bucket is super full. Like, if we can reduce the stress, we can increase the recovery, and then the results get better without even 
you know, manipulating the training, right? So, so that's why that is important. I want to create that analogy because it is going to help you out when it comes to coaching. But to go back to it, so three causes of threat. We said the first one's too fast, and that's when change occurs too quickly. It creates greater uncertainty, overstimulation, rapid filling of the stress bucket, and then you get overspill. And overspill is pretty much things like crash and burn injuries, t- you know, tissue injury, um, you know, panic attacks, uh, like nagging injuries. Uh, I would say inflammation, uh, like wanting to eat more, right? Because if, if it messes up your hormones, now all of a sudden you're hungrier, uh, like all of that, right? Like imagine stacking it up, blowing up, like in arguments all the time, not being able to keep your cool, not being able to control your emotions. All those things are overspill, right? So too fast is one of the three ways. Another one, the second one, <coughs> pardon my cough, is unclear intent, Right. So if you're unsure of why something is being presented and the impact that is designed to have, uh, it, 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 crea- it creates a well, put it this way. If you're if you're uh, if you're not sure of how the thing that's being presented is going to have a positive impact on your life, it becomes a threat. Right. So think just anything that's unclear and if you think about coaching how many times you know coaches are like all right we're gonna do this this and this right and we're and it's like we're not good at and i say when i we're not good at like as an industry we need to be better at you know explaining even this first of all asking a lot of questions which i'll get to in a second but even stuff like you know that i teach in and i was just having i had a three three hour meeting with my team yesterday it was a big meeting. I think we went really well, like, you know, going over our core values and and the systems of when, what happens when somebody comes into the gym and how we treat them and how we talk and the words that we use, which are super, super, super important. important. But this, this feature benefit feedback idea, right? If somebody's unclear about the intent of something that we're doing that we present to it, like I'll give you an example, you know, and this is a super simple example that kind of plays into um, you know, even sales, right? Somebody's coming in and we're doing gym tour with them and we sat down with them and we found out that they want to be, you know, they're a basketball player. They want to be more explosive on the court and they, you know, they feel like they're not as explosive as they need to be. And especially, you know, as it gets deeper into the fourth quarter, they lose their power and whatever. So if I'm, I'm going through the gym and like, these are kettlebells, right? That's a feature. I love kettlebells for, and one of my favorite kettlebell exercises is the kettlebell swing where we can create a lot of hip power. Now, when you mention that you don't get enough power and that later on in the fourth quarter, so this exercise is great for not only building posterior chain strength and being able to explode out of that first step and go past the defender. And when you told me you have a tough time on defense, now you'll be able to stick with them. And in the fourth quarter, we're going to drill power endurance. So you'll be able to go just as fast in the fourth quarter as you did in in the first and it's going to make you a better defender, help, help you score more points, help you get more wins. That's what you want, right? Notice what I did there? That's what you want, right? Yeah, that's the feedback part. Feature, benefit, feedback. right? Feature, benefit, feedback. So I'm just, guys, I'm inserting things that are tactics and strategies that help you coach better, sell better, do all these things better, but also creating these frameworks for you as far as you know, how this plays into the brain and threat. So um, we said unclear. So number two was unclear intent. I'm always going to try to give you at least one kind of like 
tip and tactic that you can use right away. Um, so it's not just like we're talking about these higher level strategies in the ether, but like you can use it right away. Right. So once again, unclear intent, if you're unsure of why something is being presented and the impact that is designed to have on your life, then it becomes a threat. And, you know, think about how that also plays out for, I don't know, you're talking to your kids. Same thing goes. Right. Same thing goes. Why do I have to do that, dad? Right. And you better make it clear. And number three. So we had too fast, unclear intent. And number three is too slow. Too slow becomes a threat because it leads to fear that the outcome won't be forthcoming and that what's what is the bare minimum and so you have to think about um sorry the 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 because i got a note here so just just know i got some notes that the outcome won't be forthcoming and the investment will be wasted and so remember boredom is a kind of threat like we know uh you've kind of seen that chart that like if if it's boring you're not going to get the result if it's too difficult so if it's too easy and boring you're not challenged. You're actually not going to be putting in your best work and uh, and doing well with it. But if it's too hard, you get discouraged. So there's like this magical area of where it's just hard enough to where somebody gets challenged but believes that they can do it. And that's part of coaching. But the point of it is if it's too slow, right, it becomes a threat too. So you got to start thinking about that kind of minimal effective dose, right? Like what is the bare minimum I can give somebody? Um and here's an aha moment for you, right? Here's an aha moment for you. What if, as I sip on my froze rose bang here, um, what if you, you ask a question? Hey, Mary, do you feel that anything's moving too fast um, or moving too slow, right? Or is there anything that's not clear right now? Sometimes it's just enough to ask that question. I think this on a micro and a macro level, right? On a macro level, it's more like you created a plan that's just too challenging, right? On a micro level, it's like, hey, you're, you're in that training session of that day and you're seeing frustration and anger. Actually, like here, you know, the three phases of threat we talked about, you know, for instance, fight. Like, what would that be? Like where you see anger, you see aggression, you see obvious resistance, like um, language of no, won't, can't. Um, and just other like refusals, you know what I mean, of your advice, right? In flight, it's like running away, being evasive. Honestly, if it's like, think about, you know, if people aren't showing up for the training session, you got to start exploring that stuff and, um, and figuring out that maybe like you're creating an environment that has, you know, it's too fast, it's not clear, or it's too slow. And like, how can you change that, right? How can you change that? Because, you know, remember, like, I mean, first of all, Let's talk a little bit about responding to threat, like because threat threat is predominantly belief based, right? So, I mean, unless like I, I and even even like trained individuals. So let's look at the military, right? Uh, like when you are like they don't have like a ton of threat, like if somebody is shooting at them because they're trained for it, right? So they don't have this crazy response. But in general, like threat is predominantly belief based, right? Where for some person they might believe that. Um, you know, having challenging, crucial conversations is part of a growth environment, which I believe it is, obviously, right? So, uh, you know, radical candor. Think about radical candor. Radical candor is a word that that in the kind of in the environment of the business realm and the coaching realm is where you do two things. You care deeply and then you challenge them directly. That's radical candor. So meaning that 
you know, I'm going to challenge you to some stuff like that. You might not be doing well, but you know that I care deeply for you. So that's radical candor. Like, you're not going to get upset at it. I mean, it might be, might be hard to hear, but you know that I have the, your best interest in mind. But in environments where you don't have radical candor, that might be a threat, right? So for two different people, that might be a threat. They're like, oh, man, this guy's beating me down, always telling me, oh, man, right? So now there's a threat response. It's, it's predominantly belief-based. If you, if you change your belief system, something that was a threat before may not be afterwards, right? Oh, my God, if I grab this spider, right, this spider is going to, like, you know, ping me, and then all of a sudden my hand's going to rot away, right? But you, but you could also be like, man, eh, it's just a spider. It's, like, not a venomous one. Like, let me grab it, right? Get over that fear. So those are all belief systems, right? And you got to think about this. Like, client believes X. So all opposition of X is an attack not only to the beliefs, but it's to that client, by extension to the client, yeah, right? It's not your, if you attack somebody's belief, beliefs, you're attacking them like them. Like, that's how people work, right? So you got to understand that great coaching disables threat by investigating, right? Notice I always go, like, you got to be detective, right? You got to be a detective, you got to investigate. You can't battle. Like, you can't, like, as soon as threat is present, you know, that's why, like, I love the book Crucial Conversations, right? Because you have to disarm first. Well, I think Dax was the first person that said, you got to put the pin back in the grenade, right? When you start getting an argument with somebody and it's like, no, I'm going to be right. Like, it's too late. Like, you're going to be right. They're under threat. So they're going back and forth. Like, you're not getting anywhere. You got to put the pin back in the grenade so that people chill out, right? Like that's, that's a big part of coaching. Like this is a skill set that you got to work on a lot, right? And so you got to meet them where they are. Remember, when I say client, like this could be any, like seriously, friendships, communication, team, like I think about this all the time. And, and, and part of the reason why, you know, in, in my world, I'm coaching people. I'm leading my team every single day. Um, I'm coaching, a lot, you know, business coaching clients in, in a realm of fitness, in a fitness world. Now I'm doing some, you know, bigger companies where I come in and do leadership and team training. In every single one of those areas that this is present, right, where we have to meet them where they are. So imagine, a, imagine it like uh, fighting versus Aikido, right? So if you guys are ever like I've, I've studied and done a lot of martial arts, but Aikido you use the force of the other person and redirect it, right? You redirect the force in the same direction that you're going. So actually in yesterday's team meeting, right? In yesterday's team meeting, here's another, here's another like nugget that's going to hopefully help you out a lot. So when you do an assessment with a new client for the first time, you know, I don't care what your assessment is. If it's FMS, CPPS, you know, you do whatever, whatever you want to do. I, like I'm not going to go into that or argue over that. But the point is that that's the first time that somebody is coaching with you, right? So it's the, it's the first time that somebody is experiencing coaching with you. Um, that's a pretty big deal, by the way, right? That's a pretty big deal. And you should take that very seriously. So, right, let's look into this now, okay? If I'm facing that client, Right. So I, I pulled up yesterday, I pulled up Jess, which is one of our awesome coaches. And I said, Jess, come come over here. Come up here in front of the projector, right? And and I go like face me. Okay, cool. Like right now, what, what does it look like we're doing? 
right? And remember, I, she didn't know. She's never heard me talk about this. Um, and I said, what does it look like we're doing? And she's like, I don't know. Like, we're about to square off. She's like, we're about to square off. And I'm like, yes, it does, doesn't it? Put your hands up. I put my hands up. It looks like we're about to fight, right? I go, okay, cool. So now let's turn towards the group and ask the group, what do we look, at, what do we look like we're doing right now? Oh, and then somebody said, oh, you guys look like you guys are together against somebody. I'm like, yes. Yes, it's us versus them now. Before it was like against each other. We look like we're fighting. But when we're next to each other and facing a different direction, now we're together against something else. Now, you might be like, yeah, whatever, Luca. Okay. Go ahead. Like, argue with the neurology of how we operate. One is threatening, one is not. Especially, like, we get a lot of clients that are like, hey, like, they're, you know, they've done a bunch of stuff. They're threatened by fitness. And, and, and you know, when you walk into Vigor or any other gym, it's, it's, it's threatening. Like, it is. Right? So, like, how can you down, like, how can you build value by making people feel like, you're not against them and like and not using things like uh, what I call command language. Right. And I, and I just saw one of our new coaches do that. Right. Facing um, facing the client and going, hey, I want you to stand shoulder with like they're facing them directly. And they go, I want you to stand shoulder with. Right. Rather than, you know, you got to get rid of the I you want. The, that's all command language and use we let's us. So instead of saying like you're going to stand shoulder with and like face them. You go next to them side by side and go like, hey, we're going to stand side by side and start shoulder width. Big difference. Small change, big difference. And so this is that whole like how, you know, this is an example of, you know, how can you first of all do a better assessment, make people feel more comfortable, reduce threat and build value. Right. Because like because now you're doing Aikido versus fighting. Right. This is this is such a big deal. Right. And you're meeting them where they're where they are. OK. Because this way you're kind of, I would say, looking at the world from the you know, from a from their direction without. I guess like uh, going against their beliefs. Right. You want to make sure you want to make them think it's their idea. Right. And always and asking questions like. How's that working for you? Right? If they go like, oh, I've been doing this, this, and this, and that. Hmm, that's interesting. I'm just curious. How, how's that been working for you? And, you, can't, you? and the tone of voice obviously matters because they'll go like, well, it hasn't been working for you. Right? Okay, what, what results have you been getting? Well, I haven't been getting results. Would you consider doing it a different way? Notice, like, none of that is threatening, by the way. Right? I'm meeting them where they are. Just like I gave that example of, you know, I gave that example of the assessment, it's the same thing. Like even stuff like this. Okay, so here's another one when it comes to like assessments, right? Whatever they do, in an, let's say you're doing a, some type of screen and you're having them squat. And no matter what the squat looks like, perfect. That's exactly what I'm looking for. Right? Even if their knees collapse and everything else. The first thing you say, perfect, that's exactly what I'm looking for. And after coaches go like, no, you don't do that. Yes, you do. Because it is exactly what we're looking for. We're just looking to see what they do. Right? And then we're going to give a little preview on what's going to happen. And then I'm going to do the feature benefit feedback and connect it to their goal. So, for instance, hey, 
We have primal patterns. You ever watch a baby squat down and pick something up? So this is me talking to the client, right? They do it perfectly. If you watch a weightlifter and baby, they both squat perfect. Now, Mary, the closer you move to those patterns, the more effective your workouts to drop weight are going to be. Or if it was a basketball player, the one that I mentioned earlier, and let's say his name's Craig. Hey, Craig, the closer you move to those patterns, the more force you'll be able to produce in those positions, and so you'll be more explosive. And then all the training that we do is going to transfer even more into the, in the court. Man, you're going to be unstoppable. That's what you want, right? Notice what I'm doing at all times. I'm using this. I'm using the understanding of how human beings work, right? The thing is, what we want to do is, like, we, we want to make sure that, that we suspend their disbelief. Make sense? Mary, what's important to you about the, the nutrition guidelines? Notice, I'm, I'm asking questions because I want to meet them where they're at. What's important to you about training? Right? What's important is a great question, by the way. You, you can always bring out the what's important question because it clarifies stuff. Okay? Is there anything too little or too much for you right now in this training? Is there something moving too fast or too slow? What's important to you about, you know, fill in the blank. What's important to you about nutrition? What feels too slow here? What feels stuck? What feels stuck? Okay, those are like such powerful questions. And all you got, I mean, you, got, you just got to listen because they'll, they'll tell you a lot of it. But what are we doing? We're playing Aikido, right? Instead of fighting, we're not boxing because when you box, what do you do? Like you punch and a person punches you back and it just keeps going. In Aikido, you know, if they throw a punch, you just redirect it and then you're both facing the same direction. Big difference. So you kind of have to, what I call identify the game, right? You have to identify the game that they're playing. So the, the number one thing is the purpose. Why, like, why is Mary, you know, I'm just using Mary as an example here, but fill in the blank. Why is Mary really here? Like, what's her core desired feeling? Right? What is her core desired feeling? Like, that's such a powerful question. Because we, we always, like, what was it, always, but, like, we assume this a lot. We assume that we know what Mary wants and what her core feeling is. And you got to figure out what is the game. Like, what is the game that is she's playing and why is it being played? And the core desired feeling behind the game, right? Because that, what that really means is, okay, the game she's playing, like, she's came to train with you. She's joined, you know, group training. She's got nutrition coaching, whatever, right? And there's a core desired feeling that she's trying to achieve. And we have to unravel that feeling. Not to lose 20 pounds. What's the desired feeling that she wants to have? And what is the game? Right? That's why I'm saying, like, why is it being played? Like, you really got to uh, unravel that. And you have to create, understand, and play by the client's rules. Now, this is hard to hear for many of you. It was hard to, you know, for, for, for me to hear that. Right? It's hard for, it was hard for me to hear that because it's like, well, I know my shit. Like, I'm not going to play by anyone else's rules. Like, this is what we're going to back squat and do a bit of it, right? Like, because that's what I said. This is the best thing. But that's dumb. Because if your goal is really helping the client out, that's not going to get, get them there because you might have that fight, flight, or freeze going on because it's threatening. 
right? But when I when I talk about like core desired feeling, right, it's, it's, it's that whole like, hey, I want to lose 30 pounds. Oh, why is that important to you, right? We go, we go into those why's, why questions because from there, like we'll find out the core desired feeling and why is the game being played at all, right? And then you find out what rules you'll put in place, what limits, if any, why? Do these rules add or take away from the pleasure of the game? That's the other thing, too. Like, just because you can achieve a goal, like, if there's no pleasure in the game for that person, they're probably going to stop playing it. So you got to find the rules, you know, that take like that may take away pleasure from the game. And here's the thing. What do you need to start doing to make the game worth playing? Okay. Now there's a thing uh, I I can't remember like because I got I got this little chart that I drew in my super old journal, but it was a, a a chart. It was like imagine like you have a horizontal line and a vertical line. The vertical line is intensity, and the horizontal line is time. And because I'm talking about the game, this is what I want to bring up. Right, I want to bring up. How many times has a client come into you like with a certain expectation? An expectation might be, uh, you know, the expectation may be that they're going to lose 30 pounds in 12 weeks. Is, is that possible? Sure, absolutely. And, but you draw, like, here's the thing. is because if you can be visual and educate the clients and go like, great, awesome. Like, why is that important to you? You know, how do you see yourself achieving this? Do you have a specific plan? And then from there you go, and you draw like this vertical line that is an intensity line, and then you have a horizontal line that is a timeline. And you go, hey, to achieve this goal, we can do that. Here's what it's going to require. You know, you're going to train five days a week. You can do three to four strength training sessions, and then you're going to do two conditioning sessions, and then your nutrition is going to have to be really on point. And you start outlining that. And it's like, now that's certainly an option. Now, here's another option. Like, we could push this even more, right? And then you'd be doing this and doing that. Now, or we could take it a little bit slower, and you're training three days a week, and we're dialing nutrition down and making slower steps, more strategic steps, right? And you show them three options. And you go, which one of these seems like the most feasible? And which one feels like the one that you can achieve? On a scale of one to 10, which one? And then you start seeing that, the person now goes like, oh, you know what? I'll take six months to get there. Or maybe they go like, nope, the wedding is in three and a half months. I'm going to go hard and paint for this three months. And what it, do, what it also helps you to do is like, you know, you can sell um, higher, higher range packages with that. But it, it doesn't matter. Like, look, this is, you could use this in anything. I'm just trying to give examples here that you're trying to figure out the game that they're playing and find the limitations because most people don't ever, you know, when we talked about uncertainty, like we're creating certainty, right? And then you have questions that like, I ask clients questions. Hey, what do you need to stop doing and why? How will you know if a rule's being broken? What will it look and feel like, right? Because first of all, like when, you know, most of the time when people start training, they, they, they don't like, or any agreement that you have over the person, right? Like you don't really dig into these things. You just go like, all right, let's go. You said that you wanted to do this. So let's, let's, let's get it on. Right. But you never like figure out what the game is. Right. Because if you break these rules, what will be the consequences of the rule break? Hey, think about this. How could you use this with your teams? Right. When you go like, hey, how we know if rules will be broken? 
Well, if I'm not Luca, if, if I'm not doing this and this and this and that, I'm breaking the rules. Okay. Well, what will be the consequences if if you break the rules? Well, man, if I keep breaking the rule, like I'm not going to be on a team anymore, you're going to fire me. Okay. Well, if you break the rules, how will you get back in the game? Well, I'm going to be kept accountable, and then, you know, I'd, I'd like to sit down with you, and so we can figure out like how to move forward. Okay. See. Notice how like these questions at all times, what we're doing is we're removing threat and we're playing Aikido, right? Because the biggest threat to anybody, honestly, most of the time is judgments and prejudgments, right? And, and all, like our core driver, like, you know, if you guys have read Tribes from Sebastian Junger, you'll know that, you know, humans have three uh, kind of deep intrinsic motivators, competence, contribution, and connection, so imagine that connection is, in, is also, you know, connection is inclusion. So one of our core drivers is inclusion. And biggest fear, one of the, one of the biggest fear, is being separated or pushed out of the group, out of the tribe. Right? And so think about what will be the, the circumstances that cause you to abandon the game. Like, that's, that's the question. Right? For, uh, you know, for people, like people in, that are, that own gyms, that do training. You know, for us, most of the time, I would say that this is what it used to be. I, I don't, not anymore. This is one of the parts. But for us, training is the most important part. But for the client, it's not. There are many, many high, much higher priorities than training. Like, you are not your client. You know, it's like the same thing in yesterday's team meeting. You know, one of the coaches goes like, well, but I think that, and I said, exactly, you think. That's the problem. Like you're thinking about what you would do and how you would operate, but we need to step into the shoes of the other person. And that's true empathy. I mean, it's empathy, but it's really looking at the world through their eyes. And we have to understand there's very few people. And of course, like, look, I think that's part of the problem in fitness too is marketing to people that are already fit and trying to help them get fitter. And there's too many gyms, too many coaches, too much marketing and storytelling, working in that direction rather than helping the people that we really need to help the most, right? And for us, like I said, training is the most important. For the, but if the client is not, like the training is a means to an end of that core desired feeling of being able to pick up their grandkid, be able to, able to go on a hike with the family because they feel excluded because now they can't go because their joints hurt and they're not in shape. It's being able to be confident enough to go out on a date because of, uh, divorce and now like low energy, low confidence, not feeling good in their own body, right? Like these are the things that like are priorities. The training is a means to an end. So because of that, we can't be like thinking about like this is the optimal thing. Like we have to figure out the game, right? And we have to create the environment. Because remember, like we're shaped by our environments. We're, we're shaped by our environments. We, sh you know, we create our environments and our environments create us. And because threat responses make or break us, and we can easily, I would say, um, shape our environments, we can. Like, there's a lot of things that we can, that, that we can do to shape our environments. And when we shape our environments, we take control of life. Okay? But we can help our clients shape their environments it's so important and there's so many different things like here, here's the thing like you know why are we a concierge more so and if you're listening to this and this is you know you're thinking about like how does this play for you right 
Think about mind, body, spirit, physical, relationships, financial, right? Advent, like all of these things are, you know, imagine they insert into your client's lives, right? And you, and you have to think about how that affects things. And if you can figure out how to play the right game and then shift their environments, it can change everything. I'm just trying to like always, uh, I would say, kind of create a little bit of a, a, a aha moment or, you know, and, and have you think differently about how you operate, whether it's as, as a coach, as a human being, leading your teams. Um, and it's based on, you know, it's based on all these, I would say, things that our brain, like, is, has been essentially, like, it's in our DNA, right? Like, we can't fight against it. And that's why I bring up, things like threat and how this, uh, like how to, to operate in this world. So it many, like we, we need to help our clients choose what they'll do. Right. Just like I was talking about that chart earlier, as far as intensity and time, like they get to choose because here's what happens when they choose their prediction goes up. So unpredictability creates anxiety. It's a threat. Right. It creates threat. If I don't know what's happening, that's why it's so important. Um, for instance, even when you sign somebody up, uh, you know, we'll say, hey, for your first session, I'll be here to greet you. I'll be right there at the front door. I'll be here to greet you. And then we're only going to go about six out of 10 on the intensity level because we just want to make sure to see how you're moving and how the program is going to affect you. So it's going to be it's not going to be ex- uh, you know, exceptionally hard. And even if it was a, a, an advanced like athlete they'd probably still feel better about that because it's like, hey, it's the first one. Let's see where you're at, and we're going to build from there. But notice all of those things that I'm saying are creating predictability. Now, to go back to that point of judgment, right? Like like judgment judgment and assumptions create threat. I, I put a post up on an Instagram a couple of days ago, and it was like, you know, facts are at the bottom of the mountain. Like, that's the most important thing. And then there's assumptions, and then there's judgments on those assumptions, right? And, like, that's what we... Most people don't know the facts, but they just assume and then judge. And that's what happens a lot of time with, you know, our teams, our clients, and so on. So you got to listen without judgment. And because much of threat is the result of fear of being judged. And this fear of judgment manifests itself as shame. And the sh- shame is the fear of exclusion and isolation, which is what I just talked about earlier, that we're, that's some of our biggest fear. And, a sh- and shame is the belief that we are flawed in some way, you know, unworthy, unacceptable uh, of any type of belonging. And that's why so much conformity exists. But now, now imagine, like, you know, the reason why I bring this up is because you have the ability to, you know, help people not feel judged, not feel shame. Uh, obviously, I'm a huge fan of Brené Brown. Read every book over and over. Um, and she talks a lot about this, but, you know, shame is, shame is basically like, you know, who we should be, how we should be, what we should be. Right. And then that shame lotus ends up being too high. And that's where like, you know, the counter to all the shame is empathy. So I gave that example of earlier about, you know, coaches and looking at the world through their eyes and having empathy and, you know, statements like, I understand what that's like. Maybe you don't, but like, I would say, don't say you understand what it's like if, if you don't. <laughs> but empathy creates connection. 
Right? Maybe sometimes it's like, yeah, that's happened to me too or similar. You're normal. You know, these are responses, right? Hey, you're normal. You're not being excluded. It's normal. Right? Learning how to respond to these things will make you a better coach. Like, I, you know, for somebody that's like a geek at, at training for me, this for a long time, you know, about now it's been like six, seven years since I started like really, really, really studying, like, I mean, going obsessively into this stuff um, to make me a better coach, you know, and I still think there's too much, too many people looking for what's the better rep range, uh, which, hey, look, I love that shit. What's the better rep range? But then, like, how about being able to recognize when somebody is ashamed or feeling judged and then being able to Aikido it around and saying the right things at the right time so that they down-regulate the threat and then investigate, and then they're able to help them create the game that they're going to play in training and nutrition and lifestyle so that they win. So, I mean, there's a really, there's a really, really good, like, I, I like this drill. It's like it's called a judgment check where you choose three different labels that could apply to you, right? And then look at five to ten stereotypes that apply to that label. So, for instance, my, you know, uh, certainly there's, there's a lot of... Uh, People are like, oh, you're an alpha male. And what, okay, what are the stereotypes that go with the alpha male? Overconfident, cocky, uh, leader, close to opinions of others, right? Doesn't need help. Uh, you know, you can, keep, you can keep going on and on and on, stuff like that, right? Doesn't struggle with anything, right? Doesn't have fear of uh, and doubt, right? That might be stereotype. But then, hey, listen. For me, you know, uh, do you fit all those stereotypes? I certainly know, don't. Fuck, man, like, I'm, I struggle. I'm afraid. Um, you know, I'm definitely not close to the opinion of, of others. I mean, shit, like, I, I try to be as empty of a cup as possible. Overconfident, cocky. Am I, I feel like I'm confident, but, man, there's, there's times I don't, right? I'm on a roller coaster, like, I think, right? But that's the thing is, do, do you not fit those stereotypes? Okay, well, neither do your clients or your, your, your team or your friends or, you know, the people that you end up uh, judging a lot and like, oh, man, like they're they're overweight, you know, say so they really must not be committed to training. And like, you see what I'm saying? Boom, you create a story, you create a narrative for them. And then what happens is that like you end up it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. You created that judgment, that narrative, and then you behave in that way. And then there's no there's no of course they have shame. right? Of course they have that 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 uh threat like oh you know and, and people will say when you start seeing your clients say too much stuff like uh like if they if they did i don't know if they had a donut i'm like oh you know i had a donut like because they feel that you judge them right so you have to have these conversations so that they feel more comfortable right because remember a stereotype is a prejudgment a stereotype is a prejudgment and remember every time you make a statement it's a judgment and ask, you got to ask yourself, what does that mean to you? How did that make you feel? Right? How do you, how do you feel about where it's taking you? Because people make judgments about me, and, and it's like, man, that doesn't feel good. Right? When things are unclear, you, you don't have clarity, you got to ask questions. And ask some more questions. And be curious. And like, you know, like I said, to be interesting, you have to be interested. But like, you got to... You gotta ask questions because you want you want to you want to connect number one, but you want to like find out why. And, and and the thing is, you can't lead their answers. I see this a lot too. Like I, I spend a lot of time around people these days, and I'm always observing. Like if if you lead with answers, it will like change and shape the conversation to whatever they they think they should say, 
because they feel judged. And in coaching, that's such a big thing. This is the expert coach. He's asking me this question and kind of leading to it. I think I should respond like this so he doesn't think I'm uncommitted or, you know, so he doesn't judge me for eating this thing, right? Like, think about that. It happens all the time. 80% of the things that are coming out of your mouth should be questions. I have to learn that out the hard way. Because domination and shaping the conversation is judging. And I'm still far from perfect on this, by the way. Um, as you may know, I'm a talker. And so I have to constantly kind of like be aware of this stuff. And I've practiced it so much that I got a lot, lot, lot better with it, right? But being okay with silence. Like, because remember, my insecurity too is like from, from childhood is like, I'm, you know, I'm dumb, I'm not good enough, I'm insecure. Um, you know, so when I knew stuff, I was like, oh, I got to share my knowledge so people see that I'm smart, right? That's why I did a lot of dumb stuff in my life, you know, trying to prove that I'm good enough and power and money and blah, 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 doing a lot of dumb stuff. But that's how it comes off. So you got to be okay with silence and let people be comfortable with silence around you. If there's a constant back and forth, it's basically like verbal ping pong, right? And that's judgment too. You ever been there? Like they're saying something or like you automatically say something, they say something, you say like, right? It just becomes ping pong. It becomes that boxing again. The coach has to help the client define the game that they're playing. I'm coming back to this again. Right? I mean, let's be real. Like, the game everybody's playing is happiness. How we get there is different. Right? But everybody wants to be more fulfilled. So, in every game, there's a core desired emotion that we talked about. And you got you to unravel that core desired emotion. And we talked about those, like, you know, digging deep into the why like how good like here's the thing how good are you about digging into the why and here's what i say because you've probably heard this you know before either me saying or somebody else saying it but how much do you practice it right how much do you practice it this is what's really important how much do you practice asking the questions and i said hey what what's important uh, you know what's important to you about like I love this question. It's called actually it's called sentence stemming. This is a, a little strategy that I love people to fill out. I, I even do it for myself. But uh, sentence stemming is like what's important to you about a certain thing. So for instance, you go, somebody goes like, Man, like I my life is I'm not in love with my life right now. And I say, Okay, cool. Write down a sentence and, and like I would love my life if, and then fill in the blank. I can't, you know, for instance, if it's like, uh, maybe the answer is like, I would let, I would love my life if I can let go of my guilt. Uh, I can take care of the people I love. I can step on a bigger stage to create change for people around me, right? So let's say those were some of the answers. And in sentence stemming, then you, ca- you, take, you take the next one. You say, hey, okay, cool. I would let go of my guilt if, and you start breaking it down. Sentence stemming is powerful because it allows people to unpack like the things that they say, you know, like, oh, I'd love my life if, hey, I'd feel great in my body if, when, you know, fill in the blank and you sentence them. Very, very, very powerful. But I am bringing this up because these are all ways that you can help people figure out their core desired feeling and be able to know what game that they're playing. 
right? And I, I said that before, right? Like you gotta, these are all ways that you can um, put that pin back in the grain and make people safe and make them not feel threatened and actually address their goals. Because in threat, there's no way you're addressing their goals, right? When you, when you require something, that's a threat and you're not gonna get it. Okay, create more desires and less requirements for your clients. Let me repeat that. Create more desires and less requirements. Enjoy the process of desires because nobody enjoys requirements. Right? And if you really want to make a change and help the client with the process, like that's what you got to do. That's what you have to do. Okay. So, man, I, I, don't, I always like I could keep going on about this stuff. But that's, you know, I'm going to start, like I said, doing more uh, of digging deeper into every single puzzle piece that is around the coaching realm. Right. Uh, and remember, like, there's many, many things that go into that. Right. There's many, many things that go into that. But with that said, I like I love the feedback. Like when I'm doing, I'll say uh, shows like this. I love the feedback to see like what you're getting out of it and what you'd like to hear more of. What are the things that you'd like for me to dive deeper into? Because uh, there's so many like there's topics for the rest of my life, so there's no worries there. But I, you know, I, I've I've spent these last uh, at least like four or five months like really being in in you know the, the training realm, the coaching realm around and it's, and really wanting to share more because when I have these one-on-one conversations, you know, people will say like, Hey, I think you should talk about this more. Uh, you know, when I'm in hundred in front of hundreds of coaches, you know, whether it's at my own Vic Ground fitness and business summit, Craig's event, these other, like next year, I'm speaking internationally a ton. And pretty much like so many different coaches that I love getting the feedback of like, Hey, what are these missing pieces? You know, what are these puzzle pieces that we can educate on, inspire on, and, you know, and help clarify so that we just have a world of coaches that are better at, like I said, training at reducing threat for clients so they can have better empathy and connection. And so that those people keep coming back and getting the results. Right. I mean, at the end of the day, that's the goal. The goal is to help people, uh, you know, transform in a sustainable way in every single way, like physical, mental, emotional. Right. All of those different ways. Whether, like I said, whether you're a coach, a gym owner, whether you're a parent, whether you're in a leadership position, we're all like looking to do the same thing that as a tribe, we move forward and get the things that we want in life. And with that said, this episode comes to an end. But as always, guys, I really love and appreciate every time that you leave a review, leave an honest review, click that five stars, share it. And like I said, hey, hit me up, reach out to me on any other platforms, whether it's Instagram, Luca Hosevar. Uh, on the Vigor Ground Fitness, uh, Vigor Ground Fitness and Performance Facebook page, where we do a ton of content, uh, whether it's on the VigorGroundFitness.com site, which we're redoing a new one. Um, like I said, feel feel free to email me. You guys got the link, and it's all in the show notes as well. But with that, I love and appreciate you, and I'll see you in the next episode of the Vigor Life Podcast. Coach Lucas out. Peace.